This is Power Source, a podcast by the Citizens Utility Board, where we track down the answers to your utility questions. I'm your host, Hannah Finnerty. Over the last three years, climate and consumer activists like Cub have worked hard to pass a strong clean energy bill. But we were constantly finding ourselves against a roadblock. First, there was resistance from the fossil fuel industry, and then the pandemic hit. And in the summer of 2020, ComEd was caught by federal prosecutors in a corruption scandal. All of these events put a damper on progress towards legislation. But on September 15th, This year, the hard work and perseverance of organizations, consumers, and businesses across the state finally paid off. Governor J.B. Pritzker signed the most equitable clean energy jobs bill in the nation. It puts Illinois on a path to 100% clean energy while implementing utility ethics reforms and expanding energy efficiency to historic levels. With a nation-leading focus on equity, the bill aims to provide a spark to the economy by bringing thousands of clean energy jobs to communities that need it most. In this episode of Power Source, we are talking about the Climate and Equitable Jobs Act. For this episode, I've asked Cubs Executive Director David Collada to give us a breakdown of the law and highlight some of the key parts of the bill. Well, the Climate and Equitable Jobs Act is really going to make Illinois the national leader on affordable clean energy solutions in dealing with climate change in a way that also protects consumers. Uh, One of its core tenets, probably the main tenet in the bill, uh, is a requirement that the Illinois electric grid be 100% carbon free by 2045. Um, And to get there, Uh, the bill uh, invests in various clean energy programs. There's big investments in in renewables. We're going to see a huge expansion of solar in particular uh, in the state. There's investment to protect um, and to keep uh, nuclear plants uh, running uh, for the foreseeable uh, future. There's investments in energy efficiency. So really, this is going to put uh, Illinois, uh, I think, as I said, as a national leader on on these issues, And uh, another key part of it is that the equity was a big focus, Uh, a just transition for workers uh, who are being displaced uh, because uh, of this transition uh, to cleaner forms of energy, uh, but also a a real commitment and uh, significant investments to make sure that all communities in the state uh, can benefit from the growing clean energy economy. So it, we think it's a, it's a very good bill. Uh, obviously, you know, it, it's uh, when you are dealing with a very complicated piece of legislation, uh, you know, there are some things that we might do differently, but uh, overall we're very proud of, of, the, um, of the campaign and, and proud of the results. And I think the, uh, the future is bright here on electric policy in Illinois. The bill also includes provisions to hold utilities more accountable, which was a critical component of the bill, especially after the news of ComEd's corruption scandal. 
Well, one of the key uh, parts of the bill in our mind is the increased uh, utility accountability measures uh, that the bill authorizes. So, for example, uh, there will be a new ethics and compliance department created at the Illinois Commerce Commission. Uh, every single utility uh, will have to have a ethics officer that files reports with the ICC so that it can be monitored. Uh, essentially, the the uh, terms that uh, that ComEd agreed to in its deferred prosecution agreement because of its scandal uh, with the feds, all of those have now basically been put into law and are going to apply uh, you know, to all utilities, which is a good thing. Uh, it, it requires the Illinois Commerce Commission to do a deep dive uh, into the ComEd scandal uh, and order refunds uh, to the extent it determines uh, that that is appropriate, and we think it certainly is appropriate. Uh, it also, and I think this is this is an important part of the bill as well. Uh, it switches the um, our regulatory system. We've had a formula rate, uh, which has really been the root of uh, what was the root of the comment scandal, uh, and what, it was also um, you know an imperfect way to deal uh, with um, with these complicated utility issues. So it gets rid of that, which we think is a huge step forward. And in its place, it puts in it puts in a system where utilities are gonna be held accountable uh, through financial uh, incentives, carrots and sticks, to really uh, do everything they can to make sure that our public policy goals are, are fully maximized. Uh, those goals being affordability, reliability, uh, and sustainability at, at, at the least possible cost. So all in all, um, it, it, I think it's a big step forward, some of the strongest uh, protections that, that we on utility accountability that, we, that we've ever had in the state and another reason why we think CJA uh, was, a, was a big deal and a, and a good bill. This act has been a long time coming. In fact, Dave said it's practically been in the works since the Future Energy Jobs Act was passed in 2016. Yeah, it was a long, a long process, very rewarding in, in, the, in the end, if, if stressful uh, at times. And really, it goes back about four years ago. I mean, the Clean Ener the Future Energy Jobs Act, the last big bill passed, uh, I believe, in, in late uh, 2016. Um, and I think not too long after that, folks started to think through, okay, how are we going to continue to drive affordable clean energy in the state and allow the state to meet its climate change goals? Uh, and so that strategy goes back about four years, and it's really been about three years of working with the Illinois Clean Jobs Coalition, which we are a founding member of, really proud to be a part of. Um, and it's just a, a great group with you know, hundreds of organizations around, around the state. And um, you know, one of the things we did is hold uh, listening sessions. We called it Listen, Lead, Share, but we held a whole slew of events across the state and uh, to get people's ideas, get people's feedback, what they like, what they don't like. Um, and that went into the, the drafting. All of that helped us draft uh, collectively what was the Clean Energy Jobs Act, which was the first iteration of CJA. Uh, and so this was a long, well thought out process. There were ups and downs. Uh, it certainly wasn't easy, but anytime you're dealing with big uh, legislation like this, where there's lots of money at stake and lots of implications, uh, you know, it, it's never easy. And um, at the end, we were very happy that we, we got the Climate and Equitable Jobs Act uh, across the finish line. Cub is a consumer advocacy organization and the utility watchdog. We often get questioned about why we are involving ourselves in climate change legislation. As David explains, fighting for responsible clean energy policy 
goes hand in hand with consumer advocacy. Well, uh, it, it turns out that dealing with climate change uh, and taking it seriously uh, is actually the path to a lowest cost energy, especially in a state uh, like Illinois. So we don't see a conflict at all. In fact, we think if the, if the policy is done right, they, it works together where you're essentially maximizing consumer and environmental value. And we don't think that there's sort of an inherent conflict there. And I think we've proven that with our track record uh, through the years. One of the things to keep in mind is that there are big effects of climate change, obviously, on the environment. Um, I think people understand that. But there are big effects of climate change on the bills that we pay. And at Cub, we did an analysis, our data team did a deep dive on, okay, let's take uh, existing usage patterns, we have access to, to data. Let's take weather and let's take the projections, even conservative projections about uh, temperature increase uh, from climate change or temperature extremes from climate change. And what we found is that this is just comment because that was the, the only analysis that we had the data for. Uh, but I, we were sure that the results hold for Ameren too. What we found is, is that consumers would pay about $10 billion more uh, over the next 30 years um, just because weathers get more extreme, uh, they get hotter in the summer and, and we would need to build more uh, an expensive infrastructure to meet that demand. And they get a little weird in the winter too, and that puts more uh, demands on the system. So, you know, fundamentally, uh, the responsible thing to do uh, as consumer advocates is to solve for climate change. Uh, that's true, not just because climate change is an awful thing, which it is, uh, but it's also true that uh, if you want to have least cost energy, um, we have to deal with the same issue set. So now the bill has passed, but the work is far from over. The challenging task of implementation has just begun. Passing uh, CJA was, was great, but now there, uh, there's just a ton of work that follows from that. Because at the end of the day, the success or failure of this bill, and I think that you know it's going to be successful regardless, but realize really maximizing the value here for consumers, for the environment, for workers in the state uh, is going to require the implementation be done correctly. And there are a lot of things here, plenty of cases that are teed up to try to operationalize uh, what the bill uh, starts. Um, everything from determining you know, exactly how the performance metrics should work when it comes to our new regulatory system that hold the utilities accountable to making sure that the job training and workforce hubs get going and are and are work as well as they as they can and should uh, there's just a lot of work here at cub we're going to be heavily involved in making sure that uh, the value here is, is is as good as it can possibly be we're confident that that will occur but over the next two three years there's just going to be a lot of work a lot of very important work and, and ultimately uh, it, it's incumbent on us all uh, as a state to make sure that, that the CJA framework works as well as it can. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Power Source, and a special thanks to Dave for joining me. If you have a question you'd like answered on a future episode of Power Source, Send me an email at hfinnerty at citizensutilityboard.org with your question. If you have a specific inquiry about your utility bill or service, please call Cubs Consumer Help Hotline at 1-800-669-5556. The line is open from 9 to 4, Monday through Friday. This episode of Power Source was written and produced by me, your host, Hannah Finnerty. If you liked this episode, please hit subscribe in your podcast app. 
and visit citizensutilityboard.org for more information about utilities in Illinois.